Michael. Joining us now from uh, Northfield Area Fire and Rescue, we have the uh, Napper's Board Chair, Paul Liebenstein. Paul, good morning. Thank you good so morning, much. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for coming in today. Sure. And also our Interim Fire Chief, uh, Tom Nelson. Tom, good morning. Thanks, Jeff. It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, what the last month or so, what 2021 really has been like. You know, uh, the uh, longtime fire chief, uh, Gary Froddick, retired back in uh, January, just a month, little over a month ago. And uh, I'll start off by I mean, you guys, I'm sure, both uh, worked with and for Gary and under Gary for uh, a lot of years. And I'm sure he's missed. Yeah. I mean, Gary was on for a couple of years when I got on and I've been on 34 years now. And so uh, under his tutelage, I mean, and, and I credit John Mahachek and his command staff before Gary, uh, and then the work that Gary did. Gary uh, appointed me assistant chief, and I was doing that for 20 years before uh, this position. Uh, what I've said to city council at the work session is that the two of those folks built what we have, and uh, it's important to be able to have a a good quality department and yet there still has to be some fun there's got to be a reason for people to show up and uh a lot of the cities up in dakota county have problems where hey yeah we're putting on 10 people this year oh really are you adding no that's attrition and so um we don't have that problem yet and so we last time we put on people we had 30 applicants and so the goal is to keep it where it's someplace that people want to be and do what they need to do for the community all right. Let's talk about uh, the change in uh, administration now. Is there much change in the focus? Do you have you have you set up uh, some priorities at least for the interim right now? Uh, and and as far as the search for a permanent fire chief, is that ongoing? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I would say yes. That's kind of our focus, and and we're looking at a lot of different things with the. Uh, with the change and the transition from from Gary, um, we're looking at you know as we move forward, we're updating kind of the record systems and whatnot where we can track um, a lot more. Well, we'll just say that like the truck usage, who's going to the calls, what kind of calls, whatnot, those types of things. Um, so there's a lot of just kind of updating and and whatnot that's going on. I guess um, Tom can maybe tell a little bit more about some of the changes in uh, in uh, how the command staff is working and whatnot. Yeah, one of the things that we're doing, we just completed, uh, we're basically doing a reorg um, of the organiza organizational chart um, where fire chief and then two assistant fire chiefs and then four line captains and so the captains are the people that are on the truck and they run that whole that group of responders everyone's going to have another area of responsibility such as training or equipment and fleet and then they are also going to have six to seven firefighters that directly report to them and so the goal is to try to to spread it where before um Everybody reported to the fire chief, and this way it'll help develop leaders and get them to supervise people um, and kind of build that chain of command. Another big thing that we're working on now is just that we need to try to create more opportunities for training. Um, the 
to try to stay proficient with all. There's all these things that were required to do by law, OSHA stuff, bloodborne pathogens, right to know, EMT. And so we end up just not having enough hours in the month. And so one of the things we're looking at towards the, the we're doing budgeting now for calendar 23 is to be able to increase that training budget to be able to do more, let's say, hey, this is going to be a non-mandatory Saturday training, but we're going to go up to the Burnsville uh, fire training tower and bring a group of 10 people up there. And so some of those things that we haven't had a chance to be able to do uh, just because of hours in the, in the month. And we want to make sure we don't, you know, overload people. Like I said, it's still got to be fun. This isn't going to be, we don't want it to be a job that you dread. We want it to be that people come because of the reason they came. And everyone says, I want to do something to give back to the community. I think it's also important and we're, going through this is we're trying to um, spread out some of the duties and whatnot among the firefighters. So if some we don't have that one key person that if something happens to them, that the whole place shuts down, we, we need to have, uh, so it just goes on seamlessly, you know, if somebody comes or goes, which will happen over the years. And so um, if we divide that up a little bit, things just go on. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about those training opportunities. Uh, From what I understand from what you're saying here is that there are opportunities out there from different agencies and maybe some different places. We just got to get to more. Yeah, and it's a combination. We're doing, you know, when I first got on, basically all the training was internal. And uh, Jeff Mahajic was the training officer when I first started. And um, there's plenty of things to do. But one of the things that in the classes that I've been taking is that, um, we need to look outside more. And for the past few years, we've used um, outside training people that have come in each month. And it's nice because it brings a different perspective um, because you can kind of get focused on, well, we've done it this way for a long time. Um, But it's still, you have to be able to take that training and put it in perspective for your community, where if we have someone come and do training from Egan, well, Egan or any of those cities up in Dakota County, their neighbors are, you know, five, ten minutes away. And so they can operate in such a way where it's like, well, we're going to do this, this, and this. And then we call Rosemount, and they come in and help. And so a lot of them have what's called auto aid, where they're always responding to each other's calls. Well, we know that here is that right now Lonsdale or Randolph or Faribault are the closest things, and that it takes you 15, 20, 25 minutes to be able to get another agency in. And so some of the stuff we have to do is a hybrid of it. And so um, there's a lot of outside training, like you said, um, but you still have to take it back and say, how's that going to work in Northfield? We have to do more things where we have standard operating guidelines, just like the police and everyone else have. And those are due to be dusted off. And so we have enough people now that are haven't been on more than 10 years and we don't have the huge fires like we used to you know 20 30 years ago we have to make sure that everyone's trained to know this is how you do it normally and it's never nothing's ever normal Mm -hmm. and so you have to be able to tweak that along the way but just get some of that basic stuff where we say oh yeah you know for this 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 engine's going to come in and do this this and this and make sure everyone knows how to do that so it's kind of back to the basics all right uh Tom Nelson and Paul Liebenstein are our guests from Northfield Area of Fire and Rescue. Let's talk about, from a physical standpoint, uh, uh, the the Joint Powers Board and, and other entities, I guess all the governments involved, have 
set up pretty well. They've been on kind of a spending spree with Northfield Area Fire and Rescue as far as trucks go and some of the equipment, and it's probably very much needed. Are are we at the point now where we're kind of good for a little while as far as the equipment, the trucks, and all the other things that you need? Well, yeah, we we did have to kind of go into a catch-up mode when when the NAFERS was formed or came together in uh, 2014, and we've pretty well caught up on on the trucks and um, some of the equipment, and we're now into a mode of uh, projecting out how long is this truck going to last and when do we want to rotate it. Um, and then, of course, the building got updated here, um, what was that, three years ago. So we're sitting really good there. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're sitting pretty good right now. It's always a, you know, a balance, like with the equipment, the trucks, they keep going up in price. Right now, um, a little uh, frustrating, like we ordered a new tanker, um, Oh, it was about a year ago, and we still, they haven't got the chassis to build that tanker yet. You know, it's one of those pandemic uh, yeah. deals, I guess. So, Supply but, chain issues. Yeah, but yeah, that's a good question. Hmm. All right. Uh, what about the search for a uh, a, a new fire chief? Uh, you're the interim one for right now. Are we, have it been decided yet? Are we going to have a full-time, a part-time? What uh, What are your thoughts on what we need? That's a work in progress, and mm-hmm. so my appointment was for up to a year, starting in the middle of January. And so what I've been working on is putting together um, some of the low-hanging fruit of various reports that we've had, and that's what we're doing with the chain of command, structure changes, um, training is one of those things. And so I'm trying to do, and another big one that, that we're really, we're kind of in, I'll call it toddler stage, is fire code enforcement. Um, going out and doing inspections um, to to prevent fires, um, and that takes a lot of time and resources to do. Um, the full time or permanent chief, that's something that we're kind of working on with the personnel committee. Um, I'm working on lists of duties of here's what the fire chief should be doing, here's what they could be doing, you know. So, and then we'll come back, and I think as a board, we'll say. Um, what things on that a la carte list are important and how much time does it take? So budget-wise, we're putting in a two-track budget to see, you know, how it would look if it was a full-time, how it would look if we continue with a part-time, adding on some of those other things. So that'll be coming up yet this summer. So probably fall, hopefully, we're going to figure out. um, I mean, the one thing, too, is right now we're middle of the budget year. You know, it's not like... Um, I'm working with the finance committee to, as we say, hey, we want to take this little initiative to be able to move us forward during this interim time. And it's a toss-up of what we're going to be able to afford and uh, make sure that we get it in the budget for the coming year. I think it's, um, as Tom said, we'll, we'll know a lot more by the probably towards fall. Uh, Tom has done a lot of work here, I think, that um, will help us decide that on how many hours are actually needed for this position. It is a big budget decision. It's probably uh, would boost our our uh, operation budget by 25%. Um, and then we have to show um, how that is actually going to improve service or a payout as we go to back to the partners of the rural and the and Dundas and Norfield. I mean that's a big that's a big deal as Paul is talking because when you think of the NAFERS organization 
It's the city of Northfield, it's the city of Dundas, and it's all the surrounding townships. And every one of them have different needs for fire suppression. They have different needs for code enforcement inspection. And so um, it is, it's like having three siblings that, you know, have different needs and uh, you have to make sure that you're meeting everyone's needs and yet you're equitable. And it's not that, um, you know, the city of Northfield's paying a whole bunch for whatever because of the way Dundas operates or the way rural operates. So it's it's a fine line of making sure that you're meeting the needs of the community as a whole, but knowing that community's built up of farms and farmsteads that don't have fire hydrants and colleges that, you know, have different needs and big box stores as well as a lot of residential. So um, it's it's important to know who your customer is. Yeah. And it sounds like pretty much everybody is your yeah. potential customer. Uh, you mentioned staffing before, and uh, as far as the attrition goes, I know you've had a few people retire as of late. Uh, are you fully staffed? Were you able to get, to, I know you've hired some new ones here in the last year or so. Uh, as far as staffing goes, has that been a concern, or are you fully loaded there? It is. We knew, and in, in 2020, we knew that we would be having some retirements, mm-hmm. Gary being one of them and so we put on six at that point to be able to kind of infuse us and it takes a good year to get somebody through all the classes that they need to have to be able to where we can say okay now uh, you're ready to be an an interior firefighter and so um, what I've told the board is that we know we'll have some more retirements in 2022 and so we will need to probably put on four to six people in 23. And so that'll be, and there's a ramp up. There's, you know, all the safety gear you need and all the training. So there, there'll be a line item in there for new recruits. And so the goal is that we try to keep it that if there's a call, we know that of the, in this case, we're probably at 34 right now, that we can make sure to get 18 solid people responding. Um, there's a lot of people, and I'm one of them. My day job is out of town. Uh, and there's other people that uh, have worked nights and they're out of town. And so you just want to make sure that um, between city employees, which is great, they're allowed to respond during the day, during work, and other employers do the same thing, um, that you get the right number of people there to be able to do the job. And I, I think with that said, it's important to remember that I think last year we we were up around 650 calls uh, for the year between uh, – fire and then the, the rescue part mm-hmm. of it and so you're asking a lot of these people um you think about that that's almost twice a day on an average that uh, that little beeper goes off and interrupts uh drop whatever you're doing and so it's important to keep those numbers up and keep us fully fully yeah. staffed one of the things that northfield did back when the fire station was down the street here jeff was <laughs> they're called sleepers and so uh it, and I did it for three and a half years when I was first on. You can live at the fire station. We have four rooms in the new fire station, and uh, you can live there rent-free, and the goal is to have enough people up there. Anybody that's living at the fire station doesn't have to drive from home for a night call. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is if we can get that first truck out, that's like having that's like having Fairbo staffing. Fairbo has three to four people on 24 hours, three to four people at night. So if we can have all those rooms filled, then we can get it where there's a call at night, that 
you know, within a minute, that truck is on the road. So that's just like having a full-time fire department without paying for it. So we want to make sure, and we were really glad when we did the building enhancement, that, you know, some consultants are like, no, you don't need to spend that extra money. It's like you can't, you can't put a cost on that to be able to have the ability for people to stay there um, for free. So it's great for people that are just starting out getting on the department. Um, we've got three rooms filled right now, and, and two of those are from our new recruits. So as soon as we get past that year point where they're ready to roll, we'll be able to get that truck out. And mm -hmm. so those are the things, too, that a lot of people don't know that happen behind the scenes, but it's a great deal for the community. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, we're uh, just about out of time. Any final thoughts before we let you go? I'll just reinforce the whole part of I'm lucky enough to be building. I'm not rebuilding. I'm building off of the things that, that Gary Fronick and the team did. And um, John Mahachik before him, um, I, John was the one who hired me 34 years ago. And so they are still on my speed dial where I call and say, I got this deal. And they take the time to go back and say, oh, yeah, I had this happen once. And so some things, obviously, construction and other things change in the, the fires that we're fighting, but still the managing of people and the dealing with the community, mm -hmm. that hasn't changed. I, I just, um, we are so fortunate to, or blessed to have the firefighters and the commitment we have from them to be taking care of our community. They're kind of always behind the scenes. I kind of joke sometimes they get some of the dirty jobs and and whatnot but as uh, the NAFERS board we have to remember sometimes we have a little politics play out in our in our board but really the main thing is is we can't mess up what is there the, the fire department itself is just a well-oiled machine that um, it, that does very well and we're fortunate to have them in our community well and the board has been amazing from when it started in 2014 there's been so many hardworking people that have been on that board. I'm not even going to mention names because I'll miss some people, but they're so supportive, and their focus is the fire department. And so it's not, you know, councils have all sorts of other things that they're dealing with for cities and townships. The fire board for NAFERS is helping run the fire department, and it's great, and they're so committed. All right, boy, it's been eight years, 2014. Holy Man. cow. Gentlemen, we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming in. We look forward to making this a semi-regular feature here. Sounds uh, good, Jeff. Thanks. Yes. Yeah, You're thank always you. welcome. Thank you. Uh, that's Board Chair Paul Liebenstein and also um, Tom Nelson, the interim fire chief uh, for Northfield Area Fire and Rescue.